Welcome to Innovation Destination, the podcast channel for supply chain industry professionals. Here's your host, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Connect, Tyler Fussner. Hello, and welcome to Counterfeit Chronicles, the newest series at Innovation Destination. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Fussner, the Managing Editor at Supply Chain Connect. And joining me today is Richard Smith, Vice President of Business Development at ERAI. Hi, Richard. Tyler, how are you doing? Thanks for having me today. Well, thank you for joining us. For our audience members that are unfamiliar with ERAI, can you tell us a little bit about the association? Sure. ERAI was formed in 1995 as an industry association to basically clean up, police, and promote the electronic component distribution world to the manufacturing community. Back in 95, most of the incidents that we tracked and reported on were just bad business practices. And then around the time China joined the World Trade Organization in the year 2000, we received our first report of a counterfeited integrated circuit. And since that time, we have put together the largest known database, bar none, of counterfeit and non-conforming electronic components. Companies reported having shipped those components. And those two items, with all the other supply chain issues that we track and report on, for instance, wire fraud that has just exploded the last couple of years, we provide business, industry, and government intelligence to navigate the supply chain to avoid bad product and bad companies. Richard, I'm really excited to kind of dive into the large-scale problem that is the counterfeit issue. With this first episode of our series here, I would really like to start to deliver the historical overview of counterfeit activity, being that ERAI has had their hands in the trenches and, and working on this issue for decades now. Um, you're the perfect guy to speak to. So my first question for you is, let's let's start with the basics. Can you kind of just give us the simple definition of counterfeit products, counterfeit parts? A counterfeit is anything that's presented as something that is really not. Counterfeiting is such a big, broad field, and uh, the FBI and the International Property Rights Center, they come up with huge numbers in the billions and billions of dollars that counterfeit materials affect. But they cover every imaginable product, counterfeit golf balls, counterfeit golf tees, counterfeit Louis Vuitton bags. At ERAI, we look at counterfeit electronic components and the damage that they can cause. I have close to 16,000 unique line items in my database that have been reported as counterfeit over the years. Counterfeiting is a criminal activity. Let's, let's start with that. And it can be criminal enterprise representing something that is higher quality than they are shipping, and they're trying to, you know, make up that difference in pricing. A lot of times they'll ship used product that has been cleaned up to look new, charge you the new price for it, and then you get it, and it, it doesn't work because it's got so much use on it. When counterfeiting gets into the electronic supply chain, and we're talking critical applications like defense and aerospace, healthcare, medical equipment, automotive. There was a case years ago where counterfeit electronics were found in the electronic brake system of a train. There have been uh, many cases of military equipment failing in the field because of counterfeit material. And I'm going back to the early 2000s. Counterfeiting became such a big deal that 
It got the attention of the U.S. government, specifically the Department of Defense, and standards were developed and put into place, which industry has really done a good job adhering to over the years, and that's helping a great deal. Big problem is counterfeiting is a moving target. An example that I give, from the year 2000 to the end of 2018, every single year, the number one most counterfeited device was some integrated circuit or another. And then in 2019, for the very first time, the number one most counterfeited device was a very inexpensive, cheap and dirty, multi-layer ceramic chip capacitor. The point is, business and industry could have tightened down their supply chain, done a good job, uh, made sure that they weren't going to get any bad counterfeit integrated circuits that year, and then out of nowhere come counterfeit capacitors. And the part numbers change from year to year, and we've been tracking that information. As good a job as industry does, you just never know, and you can't predict what the next counterfeit devices are going to be. Yeah, it's certainly an extensive extensive issue and it seems to stretch and reach its fingers into every nook and cranny of any industry imaginable. Richard, what would you attribute as to the most predominant sources of counterfeit parts? Where is this problem really stemming from? The most common counterfeit electronic component is reworked or remarked e-waste. And North America and Europe ships thousands of tons of electronic waste to China every year on barges. And China is pretty much ground zero for that type of counterfeit activity. So they take these scrap boards that have come from, you know, our scrap desktops, laptops, cell phones, industrial equipment, telephone key switches, mainframe computers, any old electronic scrap that North America and Europe does not want to see in a landfill ends up on a barge to China. Chinese have set up, and I've been there, I've seen them, entire communities where they'll take this e-waste, the scrap, and they take these circuit boards one at a time, put them over a Bunsen burner, heat it up, and shake all the parts off of it, and they sort these parts by size and shape, typically with no regard for the device type, what the chip is inside the part. They just take a lot of parts that look the same, process them, resurface them, and then mark them with whatever part number and logo that they're trying to sell you. So you get these parts, and they're, for the most part, junk. They may or may not work at all. And if they do work, they won't work for long because they've been so mishandled. And that is still, you know, reworked e-waste, the most common form of counterfeiting that we see. Now, there are others, much more sophisticated. Some counterfeiters substitute an inferior brand. It might be a brand-new, unused device, but it's an inferior, less expensive brand, and they will remark that with the part number and logo of a higher-quality, more expensive, more desirable brand, and that's another form of counterfeiting. You get up to the really high-end, especially defense and aerospace now, they're looking for counterfeiting that is not just a criminal enterprise, it's state actors involved. It's malicious code being built into telecom devices and electronics that could be used, say, in defense or navigation equipment. I typically use extremes to make a point. And the sort of insidious code 
counterfeit type devices that are concerned now are where you would build uh, a missile. And in the code that is uh, unknown and unseen is uh, in the device a code that causes the missile to make a U-turn after it's five miles out. Now, it's still a little bit far-fetched, but it's theoretical, and people are seeing indications of counterfeit components heading that direction. Yeah, like you opened up with something that you said is that, you know, the goalpost is always moving. Oh, that's counterfeit, right? Like, we don't know what target, exactly it's going to look like. Yeah, and so it's hard to get a grasp on it and understand where it's going. What would you say the true extent of counterfeiting? Is it really everywhere you look? I mean, what are the impacts and implications to how you operate your business? There are certainly known best practices. The most common are to only purchase electronic components directly from the manufacturer or their franchise distribution supply chain. It'll greatly reduce your chance of getting counterfeit, but it doesn't make it zero necessarily. You get it to 99.999 just by following that best practices. Unfortunately, and having been in this industry for 40 years, I know that on any given day, the franchise supply chain simply cannot fill all the requirements there are around the world. So that's why there's a very robust secondary market. The independent distributors, the brokers, the resellers, some of these guys have been around for 60, 70, 80 years. And that secondary market has always existed because of the shortcomings of the, the mainstream franchise marketplace or distribution channel. Manufacturers are often faced with the need to go out into the secondary market and procure product. There's a separate set of standards that if you adhere to that, you can greatly reduce your chances of encountering a counterfeit device. And those are spelled out in many of the industry standards in use today. For instance, AS5553A, AS6081, AS6071. If you purchase products from independent distributors that are compliant with these various standards, that's as good as it gets. Occasionally, these things get through. The industry is doing a really good job of identifying these products before they get into the end product. And that's why uh, reporting is so important. People report to us. We maintain this database. It's very refreshing to see companies saying, hey, look, we got these parts in and they're counterfeit. And the reason we know that is because of the protocols we put in place years ago to catch these counterfeit devices. There are a lot of heroes in the course of a day in keeping that bad material out of the supply chain. Well, Richard, thank you for joining us today. I'm excited to really dive into the issues of counterfeit products with you over the course of this new series. Looking forward to having you join us again on Innovation Destination. Well, Tyler, I uh, want to thank you again for having me here. And I'm looking forward to future episodes. I just never tire of telling our story. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovation Destination. Follow us online at supplychainconnect.com or find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest supply chain industry news. Do you have any questions or is there a topic you would like us to cover in a future episode? Please contact us at editors at supplychainconnect.com. That's E-D-I-T-O-R-S at supplychainconnect.com.